Welcome to Hillside Baptist Church Podcast. We are a church that is committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to open God's word with you. It is our prayer that you receive the message from the man of God with an open heart. That through God's word, you are encouraged and equipped to face life's challenges. But most importantly, it is our prayer that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if you haven't already. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at hillsidebc.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at info at hillsidebc.com. We hope that you benefit from today's message and that you would share it with a friend. But let's now open our hearts and God's Word. We thank you so much for allowing us to be here today and to share our ministry. We leave this week for Arkansas. We start in Arkansas. We'll be in Hope, Arkansas a week from today. And then we head to Mississippi and Alabama, Georgia, Florida. We'll be back around April the 1st. So uh, we get to come on most Wednesday nights when, when we're home. So many of we, we, we don't know because we, we don't get to Sunday morning very, very often. And, but we're so glad to be part of the Hillside family. And uh, we talk about you everywhere we go, and it's all good. Amen. And so, so pray for us. We covet your prayers. It's prayers that keep us on the road. I want you to turn to Mark chapter number 2. And uh, we'll start reading in verse number 18. I'm going to try to be a good steward of my time today. Amen. So we're not going to try to dawdle much. And, uh, but this, this very uh, passage of Scripture says, And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast, and they come and they say unto him, that's Jesus, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment. Else the new piece that is filled up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. What we've got here is we've got these people coming to Jesus, and they're saying, you know, we notice that the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees, they fast. And we notice that your disciples don't do that. <laughs> and then Jesus uses a wedding analogy. He said, can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is yet with them. I am so glad that Jesus always uses a lot of food analogies. Amen. You see, they were focusing on fasting, and Jesus, man, he, he was all about the feasting. Amen. I, I like that. And, and so the Pharisees focused on these things. They were a strange bunch of people, and they followed Jesus around, and they were always looking, 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 looking for that one thing. And they focused in this incident on the issue of fasting. Now, I studied this week, and if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, you correct me, but I could not find but one 
mandate, I'm talking about a command that God said fast except on Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement. Now there's voluntary fast, there's the minor fast, but what they were commanded to do was one time a year. And the Pharisees took it one step further. They fasted two times per week. And, and they took their righteousness and you know, this thing about the old law, what Jesus is saying in this, in this illustration, he uses the illustration of the new cloth. He said, no man takes an old garment and he puts a new patch on it, a new piece of cloth. Because what happens is when, when, when you wash it for the very first time, that new piece of cloth will shrink and it'll pull away and it'll tear away at the hole and will actually make it worse. You see, he's talking about the old Mosaic Covenant versus the New Covenant. They're not compatible in so many ways when you try to put that new patch. And Jesus said, I came not to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill it. Now, everything that happened in the Old Testament was, was a picture. It was a symbol of everything that was going to happen. And when Jesus came, He was the embodiment, the fulfillment of that law. Now, in Romans 3.19, it says, Now whatsoever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in His sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. I love this part. But now the righteousness of God, being manifested by the law and the prophets, it's been done away with. And it said, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Jews, they put a lot of emphasis on that. And I got to thinking about this idea of, of the new cloth, the patch. And that's what I want to focus on here this morning. Three things that are significant about the patches. Number one, it signifies a sacrifice. When you see a patch, it means somebody is sacrificing. I'm so glad my mom and dad sacrificed for me. I, I remember they did without a lot of things. And I remember that, you know, we had hand-me-downs. I remember we got, we got a new pair of, of tennis shoes at the start of every school year. And by the end of the school, I remember our toes would be hanging out. <laughs> Good times, amen? And uh, so I remember the sacrifices that, that, that our parents made. But the sacrifices here in this instant is the Pharisees fasting. And Jesus dealt with these things. Back in the book of Matthew, He said, don't be like the Pharisees. He said, when you give, don't do your alms before men. He said, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. I was thinking this morning, that'd make a good skit, wouldn't it? What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? <laughs> How much you giving? I don't know how much you're giving. I'm not saying I ain't either, you know. It'd make a really good skit. You know, that, that's kind of keeping things under your hat. And we don't brag about what we give, what we do. He said, don't be like that. Don't be, don't be about that or about, about your praying. He said, because the Pharisees stand in the street. They sound a trumpet when they give. And they stand in the street and in the synagogues and they pray aloud to get their reward. Amen. But then he talked about fasting. He said, when you fast, 
anoint your head with oil and wash your face so it won't look like you're fasting. That's how personal it is. Now, the law is very important. Do you know the law was perfect? It was perfect. And Jesus loved the law. But he was the only one who ever kept it. Nobody else could keep it but him. I love it. But now the righteousness of God is made manifest. Even by the law and the prophets. Which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. I'm so glad my folks sacrificed for me. I'm so glad that they took me to church and, and they taught me about God. They sacrificed for me. A patch kind of signifies that, doesn't it? Somebody's doing without. Second of all, a patch signifies a problem. <laughs> you know, if you've got a hole in your garment, you know it. You know, people try to cover up. Uh, they try to cover up a dent on their car or a stain on their carpet. They throw a rug over it. Amen. <laughs> Put a magnet on the side of your door of your car to try to cover it up. But a patch signifies there's a problem. There's a need. And, and it also says that you know it. Now, today, holy jeans are in style. Have you noticed that? I can't get into holy jeans because when I was growing up, that's what we had to wear. And it was a sign of poverty when I was growing up. And so I never could stand that. I just, I said, man, when I get grown one day, God being my helper, I'm, I'm going to not have holes in my jeans. I'm not going to have holy tennis shoes. Uh, I hate holy socks. If I get a hold of my sock, it goes straight in the trash can. I, I lived through that so much. And, 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 and I'm so glad God gives me the, the means to buy a new pair of socks. Amen. So happy for that. But, you know, when we got a problem, we know it. But, but when people wear holy jeans today, they're doing it on purpose. It's intentional. It's trendy. It's stylish. But when you see a patch, that means somebody's trying to cover it up. That means there's a problem, and you know it. The Pharisees' problem was they tried to hang on to the law. Our problem today is sin. That's our problem. So many people say, well, I'm a good person. No, you're not. I'm going to heaven. You know, if you witness to people enough, they'll tell you that. I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. No, you're not. None of us are. The Bible says there's none that doeth good. No, not one. Our righteousness is still as filthy rags in His sight. It doesn't mean you can't be a good neighbor, a good parent. It means you can't do good enough to go to heaven. And that's why He came. <laughs> you see, if we could get to heaven any other way, then He came for nothing. But He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And He said, no man comes to the Father but by Me. You see, if you want to go to heaven, and you want to see God, and you want to spend eternity there, then you got to go through the door. The door has a name, Jesus. He said, I am the door. If you want to get to God, you got to go through the door, and His name is Jesus. Our problem is sin. We can't fix it on our own. So many times in our life, you know, we start having these problems and we, we want to start patching our life up. But remember, you can't put a new patch on an old garment because God doesn't want to give you a patched up life. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to give you a new garment. He wants you to put off of those things and He wants to make our life new. He wants us 
to live abundantly. He wants to be a friend that sticketh closer than, than a brother. A patch signifies a problem. And you know it. Somebody tried to fix it. It also signifies that we're going to keep it. Many of you have seen my old pickup. Brother John always gives me a hard time about it. 440,000 miles on it. We thank God and Chevy trucks. Amen. I have a Chevy truck and a Ford van, so I've kind of... <laughs> but I mean, that truck has some problems. My, my son, Chase is here today with his girlfriend, Minnie. He's always saying, Dad, don't you want to get a new truck? No, not really. I'm happy with, I'm happy with my truck. Now, it makes a lot of noise. On, 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 on the driver's side, that mirror, every time, every time Mary Lou would take it to town, that, that mirror would just move. I never could get it to stay. Man, I started putting some epoxy and stay. It just kept moving. I'll fix that. I got out my drill and I, I put a bolt through there, you know. It don't move now. In the back, I got a little camper shell on it. Those little shock absorbers, they're gone. I have to have a four-by-four four block to put under there to hold it up. It makes a noise when we turn it off. It just tick, 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 tick under the dash. The panel lights are gone. When we drive at night, I have to turn the overhead light on to see how fast I'm going. <laughs> it makes a lot of noise, a lot of noise. Somebody said, do what I do. Just turn your radio on and drown it out. I would if the radio worked. It don't work. <laughs> Mary Lou holds her head down really low when we drive around that thing. When it's right in the middle of the deer rut season, we, we drive it to church on Wednesday night. Because if I hit a deer, <laughs> I might make money on that deal. But you know, every time I take it to the mechanic, He's got some groans and pains, and not long ago I took it in, and it was going to be an expensive repair. And I'm like, he's telling me how much it's going to cost and everything, and it always tickles me, and you can relate to this, because the mechanic will say, well, how long are you going to keep it? You've heard that, haven't you? How long you plan on keeping it? Because you know what? We can fix this, and we can fix that. We can put money into this, and we can put money into that. But at the end of the day, it's still a 30-year-old truck. Next year, it'll be 30 years old. 440,000 miles. Original motor, transmission, and differential. It has a lot of problems. It makes a lot of noise. But you know, that's okay to do with a truck or a coat. I've got my favorite coat. It's, it's, it's a downfield coat, and I love that coat. When it gets really cold, that's what I go to. It's got, a, it's got a rip on the sleeve. I was pumping gas one night late, and that sign by the pump caught my coat. Rip. And so I took some thread, and it's, it's hideous. It is hideous. Mary Lou calls it my Frankenstein stitch. <laughs> it's, okay to, it's okay to patch up stuff, you know, our... our, our our automobiles, our, our, our carpet, 
you know, our, our jackets or whatever. But it's really dangerous to do that spiritually. You, know, you, don't, you don't just patch up your life because, see, a patch, when you start trying to patch your life up, it just don't work. It's not compatible. You can't just say, I'm going to take a little bit of religion and add to my garment. That don't work. They're not compatible. Jesus wants to give you a new life. They're not compatible. It just gets worse. I'm going to try a little bit of Jesus. It doesn't work that way. Jesus demands 100%. And, you know, we, uh, we start trying to patch these things up and, you know, um, th- these, these situations get very, very dangerous. Because here's what we're saying. I got a problem. I'm a sinner. I got all these needs in my life. I got a problem, and I know it. That's dangerous. Because now the question is, how long are you going to keep it? What are you going to do about it? I know I'm a sinner. I know I need help. I know I need to change some things in my life. But I'm just not going to do it. Now, the rich young ruler came to Jesus one day and he said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, Why callest thou me good? He wasn't saying he wasn't good, by the way. He was trying to figure out where this guy was, you know. Why are you calling me good? He recognized him as master. He said, you know the commandments? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. He said, yes. All of these things have I kept from my youth, he said. And Jesus said, but there's one thing thou lackest. Now catch this. He said, go thy way, sell all thy goods, and give to the poor. And the rich young ruler went away sad because he had great possessions. Now, he didn't want his money. You see, God wants your heart. When, when, he, asked, when he asked Abraham to give up his son, he didn't want the life of the father. He wanted the heart. He didn't want the life of the son. He wanted the heart of the father. And, and Jesus wanted this man to give up the thing that was the very dearest to him. He had great possessions, and he wanted to hang on to it. And he went his way sad. Now, that's a really sad story. Because he said, I've got all this stuff. And, and, and Jesus said, it's not enough. And the rich young ruler said, it's too much. You ask too much of me. So it's a bad situation. You know, I, th- I think of King, King Agrippa when... Paul witnessed to him. He told how he was knocked down on the, the road to, to Damascus and all these testimonies that he gave, how he persecuted the Jews. And he told King Agrippa, he said, I know you believe. I know you believe the prophets. But then King Agrippa said, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. It's a really dangerous situation when you say, I know I'm a sinner. I know I have a problem, but I'm not going to do anything about it. What are you going to do with the Lord today? You want to keep your life? How are you going to keep it? Amen? You know you got some problems. You know you can't go to heaven without God. But what are you going to do with it today? Are you going to keep it? Are you going to keep your old life? I think about, you know, this this time of year through, through January 1, you hear a lot of interesting conversations around the customer service departments. 
And the one thing I always hear, when somebody brings something back to the customer service, they say, is there anything wrong with it? Is there anything? Yes. It doesn't work. It doesn't fit. It, it's not comfortable. So today, how long are you going to keep your life? You know, are you going to let the Lord patch up your, your life, give you a new garment? You see, our problem is sin. Today, you've got to admit you're a sinner, believe that He is the Christ, and call upon His name. Exchange it. Amen. Exchange your old life, your old garment. Let Jesus come in your heart. He's knocking. Just like that song, He's knocking. I like what one writer said, you know, Jesus is knocking on our heart's door, but we act like it's Halloween night. And we run to the back of the house. <laughs> Don't want to answer that door. But you know, He's still knocking. He still wants your life. A patch signifies a sacrifice. Somebody made a sacrifice for you. His name was Jesus. He went to the cross. We're sinners. we got a problem. There's a hole. There's a tear. There's a snag. There's a stain on our life. You can't fix it by yourself. You can't put a patch on it and expect it to go away. It doesn't work that way. Jesus came to give us eternal life, abundant life, and a joyful life through Him, through the forgiveness of sins. We did a service in Savannah, Georgia a few years ago, and I talked about how you just give your life to God. Ask Him in. He'll save you. When that invitation was over, a lady stood up over here and she said, it can't be that easy. <laughs> well, it can be. It is that easy because somebody did the hard part. He went to Calvary. That lady came back two weeks later and she got saved. Amen. The Lord wants to save you. He wants to give you a new life, an abundant life. Christian, man, you've hit some snags along the way, but you know what? You can't patch a new garment with, a, with an old piece of cloth either. It doesn't work either because the two aren't compatible. When, when troubles come your way, don't get out of church. Isn't it amazing how when some people have adversities, they quit church? That doesn't even make sense, does it? We draw nigh unto Him. I draw strength from you. I draw strength from God's Word through, through God's house. Stay by the stuff, amen? Would you bow your heads with me this morning very quickly? And Brother Greg, and I want you and Miss Diana to come and do an invitation for us. And I'm going to turn this over to Brother John here in just a minute. But maybe today... You need a change of garments. You need to put off the old life. You need to put off the old man. And you need to turn to God and let Him change your life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You need a new garment today? You can't go to heaven with your old garment. Sin can never enter into heaven. I'm glad for His blood, His atonement on the cross of Calvary. That's the only way we get to heaven. So today, would you step out if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and say, I'm tired. I want to exchange my old life, my old garment. I want to exchange my old ways. And from this day forward, I want to give my life 
to Jesus Christ. I want to know that if I were to die tomorrow, today, that I would go to heaven. You can know that today. You can have abundant life in Christ. Maybe you're a Christian today. Man, you've been discouraged, despondent. You've hit some snags along the way. Jesus wants to give you healing. He wants to give you peace. All you got to do today is accept it. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a privilege to share God's Word with you. If God has spoken to your heart because of the message, stop right now and respond to whatever it is God is asking of you. Don't wait another minute. You can pray right where you're at and ask God for His help. If this message has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions or we can help you with your decision. Jesus asked his disciples, Who do ye say that I am? And he offers the same question to you today. What would your answer be?